is good. And I truly believe, um, truly believe I have a word for someone here this morning. I'll be honest, I, I just feel impressed and it has been confirmed. Um, I, I believe Bishop preached most of my sermon. I didn't hear it. Uh, I could hear him stomping from downstairs, but uh, I saw his notes and uh, a little bit of what he writes to the media, and I believe that I'm in alignment with him this morning. My brother Mario just prayed for me a second ago, and he literally just prayed my sermon over me. He doesn't know that. But um, I believe I have someone, something here for someone this morning. I'm not going to be long. It's already 12:15. If you'll just give me your attention for just 15 to 20 minutes, maybe 25. Um, I promise it'll be worth it. I truly believe so. If we would stand one more time before the reading of the Lord of the Word of the Lord, we're going to go to First Samuel chapter three. First Samuel chapter three, starting at verses verse one, and we're going to read through ten. I'm going to skip a few just repetition that happens in these verses. First Samuel chapter 3, starting at verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord. Ministered, in this sense, means he was serving before God. He was serving unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Basically, in this time, the word of the Lord was not frequent. It wasn't just happening, you know. It was something that was rare and precious when the Lord spake in this time for whatever reason. And it came to pass at the time that Eli was laid down in his place. That's important to note. Eli was laid down in his place, in his quarters, where he sleeps. And his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. Eli thought it was Samuel calling him. And we're going to skip down to verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. So this happened three times in totality, and Samuel didn't know God. And in verse 8, and the Lord called unto Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord. For thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and laid down his place, and the Lord came and stood and called another time. Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, said, Speak, for thy servant heareth. For a few moments this morning, I'm going to preach on matters of the heart. Let's pray one more time. Lord, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you, God, that you have already moved tremendously in this place, Lord. I believe I am in your will this morning with this sermon. I pray that it is not me, but it is you speaking through me, Lord, that it may prick the hearts of your people and that someone would grasp this this morning and leave here changed and encouraged and different than the way they came in. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. May be seen in the presence of the Lord. The time period in which this passage of Scripture takes place is right before the very first king of Israel would come to power. For whatever reason, the word of the Lord is scarce and precious in these days. That's what it said in verse 1. If you have your Bible, you can honestly just stay in 1 Samuel chapter 3, and we're going to spend all of our time there this morning. Israel was under the leadership of Eli at this time. Eli was the first person to serve in both formal roles as judge and high priest for Israel. The role of the high priest was significant as it was the individual who would stand in the gap between God and man. This position was one of significance and utmost importance. If you would flip back one page, you would read at the end of chapter 2 in 1 Samuel, that the Lord had just spoken to Eli through another man, through a man of God is what it says. And in his message to Eli, the Lord told him 
he, that he had appeared to his fathers long ago in Egypt. And out of all the tribes in Israel, the Lord said, I chose your fathers. I chose your family. I chose your heritage that you were going to be my priest. His family got to make sacrifices unto God, wear the ephod, and take care of the tabernacle. This was a prestigious position. This was a, a something that was sacred and important, and their family got to do this. His family was blessed from generation to generation up to this point, yet the message that the Lord spoke to Eli takes a turn for the worst. The Lord reprimands Eli because Eli's sons have defiled the tabernacle, they have defiled the sacrifices made unto God, they have slept with servants of the tabernacle, and they had no reverence or heart after the things of God. And Eli knew these things, yet he never stopped them. So the Lord said this in 1 Samuel chapter 2.30, I said indeed that, thy, that the, your house and the house of your father will walk before me forever. The Lord said, I told you this, that you were going to be able to walk before me forever. I told this to your fathers, you were going to have this. But the Lord says this, I will honor them that honor me, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. And the Lord would remove the family of Eli from their generation because of what they had done. The Lord said, you don't honor me, I'm not going to honor you. But those that don't honor me, this is what's going to happen. And the Lord said, I'm going to cut off your right hand. Basically meaning the Lord said, after you, Eli, there's going to be no more in your family that's going to be in this position. I'm taking it from you. In this same chapter, we read that the boy named Samuel was growing and was in favor with both God and man. Because while the fall of the family of Eli was occurring, he was just serving God with all his heart, minding the things of God with sincerity. And then this brings us to chapter 3. That's the background of what we read where the Lord speaks to Samuel. I want to point out again that the word of the Lord was rare. That's what it said. The word of the Lord was rare in these days. The Bible doesn't tell us why or you know, any specific reason the word of the Lord is scarce. However, we can tell one thing, that the Lord is not speaking to Eli. We notice that. The high priest and the judge, you would think that if the Lord is going to speak to anyone, it would be Eli. However, in chapter 2, we see that the Lord had to speak through Eli through another man in order to communicate with Eli. And now in chapter three, the Lord is speaking to a young servant boy instead of the high priest and the judge over Israel. Right. Now, depending on what Bible translation you're reading, verses three and four, I'm not sure what you have, but it may read a little differently. And I noticed that whenever I was studying this. So out of curiosity, I went to go read in the original, what it was originally written in was Hebrew. And I went to go read this and there are no scripture numbers. Let's keep that in mind, that point out, verses 2 and 3. If you can put up, actually, verse 3 for me. And whenever you read this in the Hebrew, it reads a little bit different, I notice. And not that this is wrong or an error at all. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying in, in the Hebrew, if you were to read it, it, first of all, it would sound very weird. And it wouldn't make sense because of the way that Hebrew doesn't just directly translate to English. But if you would read this, it would read as such, and I encourage you to study this for yourself. Don't just take my word for it. In the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, period, the Lord called to Samuel, and he said, here I am. That's what it sounded in the original Hebrew. So I want to note why this is important, because I looked this up, and actually Jewish scholars teach this, that this is how it's taught, that the word of the Lord came from where the ark was. That's what it reads. There's not a separation between three and four. So whenever we point it out like that, it's interesting. And I was like, what? No, I've never heard of this before. But actually, it's happened in Numbers chapter 7. The Lord talked to Moses from the ark. So this has happened before. This is, this is something that has happened that the Lord would speak from where the ark was. Uh, just stay with me a few moments. I promise you it's going to get better. Um, so why is that important? Imagine that this is the ark where the Lord was speaking from. Okay. 
the high priest had the room closest to the Holy of Holies. It says that, it says that Saint Eli was sleeping in his place. Remember, we pointed that out. So Eli's sleeping right here. He would sleep closest. And then the servants were, you know, people who aren't as important. Eli, I mean, it's like little Samuel. They would sleep over here. So the word of the Lord came from the ark, is what it says. And it didn't stop right here where the high priest and judge was sleeping. It didn't stop right here where, where Eli was sleeping, but it went right over Eli. And it went to a little servant boy who was nothing special. He didn't have the family that Eli had. He didn't have the heritage or the promise that was all the way back to Egypt like Eli had. All Samuel had was a little coat that his mom would bring him from year to year, and he just served God with all his heart. He just loved God. He just loved the things of God. And that what happened was that the Lord skipped right over the qualified, and he spoke to the one who would seemingly be less qualified in our eyes, but the Lord said, I see a heart that loves me. I see a young man who has a heart that loves the things of God. And that's what the word of the Lord is looking for. Someone who has a heart that longs and thirsts for the things of God. The word of the Lord was so scarce in these days that whenever the Lord did speak to Samuel, he didn't even know who it was. And I want to show, now this is something else just to prove that, that when we've heard and, uh, you know, I'm not... You know, I believe this as well, that sometimes the voice of the Lord may sound like our authority because uh, Samuel thought it was Eli. He thought it was Eli. But also, what throws into that, he thought it was Eli as well because the voice was coming from over there. That's where Eli sleeps. And when he heard the voice, he said, oh, that's Eli calling me. And he goes and says, Eli, what, what do you want? And Eli's like, no, that's, that wasn't me. It happened three times, but, but Samuel was not familiar with it. So Eli told him, Eli perceived on the, the third time, he's like, this is the Lord. There's something else here. And I question if maybe, maybe the Lord spoke, spoke to Eli like that before in the past. Maybe that's why he perceived, like, oh, yeah, I recognize that. The Lord used to speak to me that way. That's not Bible. That's me saying that. And we're just assuming there. But Eli perceives, and he says, Samuel, listen, this is the Lord. I want you to say this. Pay attention. He says, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Samuel goes back immediately after this, and the Lord calls him. You know what Samuel said? He said, speak, for thy servant heareth. Wait. Eli just said, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And now Samuel said, speak, but he forgot the Lord. Samuel forgot to say Lord. The word of the Lord was so rare in these days. Plus, Samuel wasn't the person that God was supposed to talk to. Samuel was a little boy. Much less was he qualified to hear from God. He had never heard from God. Nobody's hearing from God. Now the Lord's speaking to him. So just to be, just to be sure, Samuel's like, speak. For thy servant heareth, in case that's you, Eli, uh, in case that's somebody else. There was still that little bit of doubt because it was so rare and precious. That's what I want to get to you. That the word of the Lord was so rare and precious. And the fact that he wasn't speaking to this man, the judge, the high priest, but he was speaking to a little boy who was not qualified, was just, it, was it was just difficult for Samuel to comprehend. Eli had everything you could ever want to hear from God. He had the position, he had the heritage, he had everything going for him, but Samuel had a heart that just put God first. Eli had heritage and privilege. Eli had nice things, food and clothes for being the high priest. All Samuel had was a little coat that his mom would bring him every year, but Samuel put that little coat on and wholeheartedly served the Lord with his heart. If you want to know what the, word, what the Lord looks for, it's not a person who has the best family. The best upbringing, the Lord's not looking through here and be like, oh, well, that, well, you know, they, 
they, you know, you should see their family line, what their, what their dad and their grandpa looks like. That was pretty rough. Don't know if I can use this person. That's not what the Lord, that's what man looks at. That's what we look at. We look and say, oh, yeah, you have a pretty rough past. God probably can't use you. You know, you look at all those scars and things like that. That's what man looks at. God looks at the heart. God looks at the heart. If you have a heart that longs God, that loves God, you are qualified to be used by God. Samuel would go on to anoint two kings over Israel. This Samuel, after the Lord spoke to him, after he had this moment, this encounter, it said after that the, the people knew, like, hey, that's Samuel, he's got a call in his life. There's something important. It says that the Lord was with Samuel after that day. That was his call. The Lord chose him. And he went and later he would anoint the first king over Israel. Saul was going to be the very first king of Israel. He was the very first king of Israel. This was a monumental moment in Israel's history. The first ever king, Saul, was from the family of a man named Kish, who the Bible says was a mighty man of power, which meant power in both resources, army, wealth, valor, strength, everything. The Bible tells us that Saul was handsome. He was the most handsome in Israel, actually, is what it says. Not only that, but Saul was tall. He was heads and shoulders above everyone else. And being tall in this time was a sign of a powerful, dominant leader. Saul had everything going for him. He was on a path to becoming a king in which generation upon generation would sing his praises. And then however many years later, people like me would stand behind this pulpit and preach about how great Saul was. Perhaps out of his bloodline, the Messiah would have come if he had continued down the right path. At the start of Saul's reign, the Spirit of God came upon him and he even prophesied. However, Saul would soon fall. He disobeyed the commandment of God and the judgment of the Lord is that he would no longer be king. His family would be thrust from their position. Sounds a little bit like Eli, doesn't it? Samuel would later anoint another king to replace Saul. The Lord led Samuel to the house of a man named Jesse, who was not near as prestigious as the house of Kish that we just talked about, in which Saul came from. Samuel looked upon the strong, qualified sons of Jesse to determine which one would become the next king of Israel. Samuel saw one of the sons, we're just going to call him Eli for short, Perhaps he was the tallest and most handsome because Samuel said, surely, whenever he saw him, surely this is the one that the Lord has chosen. Because Samuel's done this before, remember? Samuel's looked upon Saul, a king, it's like, yep, that's going to be the king. Look how tall, look how handsome he is. I've done this before. And he looked upon one of the sons of Jesse, he's like, you know, that one reminds me of Saul. You know, that, this is surely going to be the one, is what Samuel says. But that's not what the Lord said. The Lord said, none of these are the ones I'm looking for. The Lord said, told Samuel, basically, you are looking at their, at their height, you are looking at the outside, you are looking on their countenance, but I am looking at their heart. So Jesse, who is surely puzzled, calls in his youngest David, who there's no way David's the one he's looking for, right? But David was just out watching the flock, faithfully serving, just like little Samuel was doing when the Lord spoke to him. And I can imagine Samuel seeing little David, and I can just imagine Samuel having those flashbacks, like, I used to be like that kid right there. I used to be that little kid just serving. The Lord told Samuel, this is the one. This is the king that would later be given the highest honor of being called a man after God's own heart. The Lord chose David. Why? Because the Lord doesn't look on the outward. He doesn't look at, see who's the tallest, who's the most qualified. The Lord looks at the heart. Eli and Saul were both the most qualified. From the right families, they had the correct upbringing. They were the ones that man would look at and we would be impressed with. Man would look at them and say, that's leadership material. That's what we're looking for in a leader. And God said otherwise. 
God looked upon Samuel and David, who were young servants who just loved God with all their heart, weren't looking for a position, weren't looking to see, you know, where, where can I get my name out? Where can I make myself great? No, they were just serving and loved the Lord with all their heart. They put nothing before God, and they loved the things of God. They were young and underqualified, but they loved God, so they were the most qualified for the position. The Lord blessed these two because he doesn't look at uh, the outward. He doesn't have eyes like man. He has eyes that look at the heart. Musicians, you can come. It does not matter where you come from. It doesn't matter you know, what your past looks like. If you feel shame for even being here because you've made so many mistakes and you've done so many things wrong, if you think that you are the most underqualified person and you feel awkward even being here, let me tell you, all that matters is if you have a heart that longs and thirsts after the things of God. You can ignore what other people say. You can ignore what other people classify as material God can use. You can ignore all that. And if you would just put your heart wholeheartedly into the things of God and just love him, you are qualified to be used. He wants to be with you. He wants to fill you. He wants to walk with you. But he looks at the inward man, not the outward man. When Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He responded in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus said to them, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with some of your heart. All of your heart. With all of your soul, with all thy mind, it all starts with the heart. If you will give everything and put God first and foremost in your life, I'm trying to tell you that you can have a better life. You can have a life walking with the Creator, a life walking with the King. Jesus tells us multiple times, if you read through Jesus, He emphasizes it so much if you'll read through the Gospels, that I don't care what the outward man's doing. I don't care about the person who's praying with the most eloquent speech, who's saying all the right things. I care about the sinner who says, God, forgive me, for I am a sinner. He looks at the inward man, at the heart of a man. And Jesus emphasizes that throughout his whole ministry, that Jesus looks at the heart. I feel this morning that the Lord is calling us to a place of recommitting our hearts to him. Or perhaps committing our hearts to him for the first time. If you're a guest, if you're not familiar with everything, just know that this morning you can leave here changed. You can have a new heart this morning. The spirit of the living God can fill you. You can leave here different. Let's return to that first love that we had when we were filled with the spirit. When we were smitten by his presence and all we long for is God and just to know him. And just to, just to do what he's called us to do. Where it didn't feel like a chore and going through the motions. But we were just so in love with Jesus that we just wanted to get in his presence no matter what. That's where we want to get back to. To recommit. To renew our vows to God. Lest we should become as the church in Ephesus which left their first love. The Lord is not looking at your life and your past like a resume. No, he is looking at your heart. And you can stand with me across the sanctuary this morning. He's looking past your background. He's looking past your family. And the Lord is looking for someone who just loves him this morning. There's a verse in the Old Testament that says, the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro. And I feel like this morning that the eyes of the Lord are in this place looking for someone who has a heart that just wants more of God. God is calling us to come back to that place. He's not looking at our past. 
He's not looking at how long you've been in the church. If you're a fourth generational Pentecostal, you've been in the church three days. He just is looking at the heart. If you ever feel unqualified to be used by God, if you ever feel shame like you are not worthy to be used or even filled with God's spirit, just know that as long as you have a heart that loves the Lord, he can use you and he wants to use you. The voice of the Lord, just like he did to Samuel, is calling this morning. Can you hear the voice of the Lord calling, saying, who will have a heart that loves me? Who will recommit their love for me? Who will I choose? Who do I want to use? He's looking past everything man's looking for, and he's looking at the heart. You can find a place to pray this morning. If you want to come to the front, if you want to pray where you are now, let's just begin to recommit our lives and say, God, I don't want to love this world. I don't want to love the things of man. I want to love you. I want to fall deeper in love with you, God. I want to be smitten with you and just overwhelmed by your love that it just consumes me. The Lord is looking. He's calling. He's calling this morning. He's calling unto us. Oh, will you respond to the voice of the Lord?